Good morning, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Final Sector podcast. Ooh. It's a break between race weekends, which means we're going to chat all things news about F1 with what's going on, look a bit at what happened in the past, look into the future. I'm Kyle, of course, here with Michael. Hello. Um, and I thought we would start it off with probably um, right where the Monaco Grand Prix kind of ended, let's say, sure. um, which was... Monaco Grand Prix ended. We saw everyone celebrating. Checo goes up to Christian Horner and says, uh, we signed a bit early then. And everyone mm. went, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then it came out pretty soon after that, yes, they have re-signed Checo for another year. Um, some people called it the two, worst Two years, secret. wasn't it? I think it was two years. Uh, is right? it, was it two years? The wording's confused. So they have announced that he has extended, not just one year, but actually a two-year extension. Mm-hmm. Some people called it the as I say, quote-unquote, worst-kept secret of F1, but, um, but I still think that, I mean, given how he came into the start of this year, there was a lot of pressure on Checo to kind of at the pace, and there's still a lot of pressure coming from, you know, people wanting Gasly to go up there who's mm-hmm. been performing quite well. So, I mean, from my side as a fan, and we won't touch on it that much, but from a, a, a predictions perspective, I might admit that I'm quite happy with this Yes, this yes, one. that was one thing I uh, had in the back of my mind when I have it. I'm like, ah, that's, yes. this is not going to look good for me at the end of the year when we go look no. at predictions. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, but it's still a pretty big statement to do it pretty early. I mean, mm. I guess, again, it's kind of perfect that on the race weekend where he wins, they kind of announce it. Yeah. Whether they were planning to announce it this early or not, who knows? Some people were arguing they should have just used that clip of him speaking to Horner as the announcement clip because why not right yeah um but yes they've extended that so obviously they're looking at Checo and Max for the long term mm-hmm. um interesting that also coming out of that Horner said hey look both these drivers are still in the championship they can still fight together yep let's yep. be real Max is still 100% probably the favorite yes mm. Checo's still been there to pick up the pieces but Monaco really was a bit of kind of a a crap shot, let's say, and he just did well, you know, leading up to the weekend to get to the point where he was ahead of Max and therefore kind of locked out for the win. But I mm-hmm. still, you'd be hard to say, oh, now they're, you know, their equal rivals going forward. I've seen some discussions and that saying, oh, could he get up there? And I'm kind of like, no, unless Max gets some, you know, bog-ass bad luck, then um, yeah, I, I don't think he's he's going to be at the top. But certainly this is a big statement for Red Bull and, you know, saying, hey, we're happy with these two for the time being. And it does have other ramifications, as we've said. Um. So what's your, what's your take on it? How are you feeling about it? Good decision? Bad decision? I think it's, I mean, it's the right decision because I think a lot of um, a lot of news outlets are reporting, you know, there's, there's always been this question mark around uh, that Red Bull second seat, obviously with Gasly and Albon, yes. Kvyat, uh, you know, all these drivers coming in. They're, they're trying to find someone who, they're, the Ricardo that left, you know, they've been trying to fill that yeah. seat. It was, it was the curse that, of that, uh, you know, the Red Bull second seat. That the Red no Bull one... number two. Yeah, exactly. And they, no one could get even anywhere close to Max's pace. Uh, you know, they they needed someone that if they were fighting with Mercedes or if they're fighting with Ferrari, they need a second driver that can, if even if they're not winning, uh, they're picking up, you know, the good haul of points or they can play into strategy or things like that. And they haven't had that since Ricardo. Um, mm. And they, they now have that in, in Perez, particularly with these, I think this new car, um, for, for 2022, it, it does seem to suit him a lot better, which I think helps quite yep. a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, give, given his performances uh, last year, you know, obviously with... Uh, I'll bring up Abu Dhabi, please no conflict, but the Abu Dhabi <laughs> last year, you know, with, with, with how he uh, defended, uh, you know, in, in that race was... It just shows how good he can be. And then, you know, the start to this year that he has where he's only... He's third in the championship. He's only 15 points off uh, Leclerc at the moment. Um, mm. the win in Monaco, obviously a little bit of luck, uh, granted with, you know, with how Ferrari, um, did their strategies and how they both Ferrari drivers got stuck behind, uh, both, <laughs> both Williams drivers. Yes. Um, yep. so, you know, a little bit of luck there, but you know, the fact that, you know, he could still, you know, he and the team can, can, can take that, that race win, um, uh, particularly at somewhere like Monaco is 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 awesome for him. I think it's the right decision. Um, it does, like you say, it raises it raises a few questions, particularly for for drivers from AlphaTauri like your, your Gaslys and Sonodas, who you know for the longest time it's been the the Toro Rosso or the you know the AlphaTauri. That's the the B team, and they they have these junior drivers in there to eventually make it to the Red Bull team. Yeah, um, and. You know, with Max, he obviously has that super long contract to like I think it's twenty twenty eight or something. 
Um, you know, he's he's been committed to, to to Red Bull, and if they keep performing, he's essentially committed for life, isn't he? Let's be more real. or less, yeah. Um, <laughs> and if they keep performing, he's not going to leave. Um, no. Perez now till the end of twenty twenty four. So that's another two years. Um, I could, yeah, I could see. Sonoda, if he keeps performing, staying another two years and then seeing where to go from there. Gasly, I think his time is now... He needs to get out of that Red Bull Academy. Um, yes. He needs he needs out uh, probably next year, I would say. Um, I can't see him staying one more year in that, yep. Red, Bull, uh, that Red Bull program. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's... I mean, it also... It, it raises even more questions with, um, you know, Red Bull Junior Academy has so many drivers. You've got your Vips and your Lawsons coming through. Yeah. Um, what kind of message does that send to to those guys? Uh, that you know, oh, you, you could stay with AlphaTauri, but we might just we we could just stay with you know these two drivers for as long as we want. We might not even look at promoting our junior drivers anymore. So, could they yep. could there be a knock on effect there where they lose some of their junior drivers to different academies or different teams uh, who are willing to take them? So, um, I think it has. Uh, Positives and negatives, uh, this Perez deal. But I think while they're both performing at a high level, um, and while they're you know they're pretty comfortably ahead in the championship, Red Bull, uh, and they're both driving well, I think it makes sense to to give Perez at least a secure two years. You know, rather than we saw what happened with with someone like Bottas when he was on the year to year deal. Um, I think Perez mm. is a little bit better. Uh, maybe a little stronger mentally with that kind of thing, but uh, just different stage in his career too. Yeah, that's it. But you know, we've seen what can happen with drivers when they're on that year-to-year contract and expected to yeah. perform at the highest level. So, yeah, um, yep. yeah, I think definitely positives and negatives. But um, I think for right now, it's probably the right decision. So, yeah, yeah. Again, as you say, it's it's almost a thing where it's good to get it done so early because then. You know, if this championship fight this year is going to be really tight, well, then he doesn't have to even <laughs> worry about them in the back of his mind, right? Exactly, Having to be yeah. doing contract talks every week to try and secure next year, knowing this is his last year racing. And mm. so to get that the way very, very early is smart. And as you say, it must be um, a good bit of a boost for him to know that it's not just the one year and then he'll have to start dredging it up at the end of this year, start of next year. Definitely. Is that two year extension? I guess it is just. The biggest statement, I think, I guess towards Yuki, it wouldn't really be a statement because where he's at, he's not like the the old traditional Red Bull path where you jump in for one or two years, kill it, and then you get your your yep. promotion right. He's more so been doing fine enough, but it's not mm. like there's a there's a there's a hot headed young junior that's banging at the door. They need to get him out of there, so he's kind of just doing whatever. I yep. think it is really just a big statement to Gasly, you know, from what we've always said, which is that although Red Bull agree he has the pace in that, there's just his time they left a lot of. I don't want to say like battle scars or anything or bad taste, but there's obvious reasons why they really, really don't want to bring him in, right? Mm. Um, and I guess, again, because they don't have so many of those top-tier juniors banging at the door, they can kind of just stay steady for once rather than, you know, a traditional Red Bull churning, churning, churning. So, yep. I mean, also Gasly and Sonoda seem to have a pretty good relationship at AlphaTauri. And, yes. Um, but yeah, and Gas- uh, to be fair, Gasly, he hasn't had... W- my predictions based on Gasly going to Red Bull for next year was based on the fact that Gasly was going to come out this year and absolutely kill it. He was um, still going to continue rising and kill it. Yeah, yeah, which he kind of hasn't done. That AlphaTauri, I think, has... There's a lot of limitations in the car, but he hasn't yes, And you really wouldn't say he's been doing bad, but he hasn't been, you know, smashing mm. headlines and everyone's going, wow, yeah. this is a massive call because, you know... Or... Yep. And again, I guess the other call you could maybe make, as you mentioned, is maybe an Albon, but Albon's, again, in a different stage in his career and more so I think he's happy with where he is and he wouldn't be seeing this going, damn it, guess I better just stop trying because that was my goal yeah. for next year. Or yeah, anything. exactly. Yeah, I think he's just happy yeah. to, be, to be back in F1 after for sure. almost being completely ousted. So Yeah, for sure, um, getting his second life. Yeah, maybe. I think Albon's young enough that he can... He can, you know, again, wait out a couple of years if, whether or not he wants to try and build that Williams back up or if he's looking at maybe even moving somewhere just moving else to anywhere or, else yeah, right? getting, just not, getting yeah, a yeah. seat staying in the sport and then seeing what happens with the red bull seat exactly um there is that potential but yeah i i i do think that red bull kind of didn't i mean they they obviously had the choice but i think they were with the way perez has been performing they were kind of forced into you know they have to sign him like they they can't not yes. uh with how well he's been doing um and they yeah. do know because him being a bit of a different red bull driver and that he's an experienced old head and he knows his position again they kind mm-hmm. of threw him a lifeline when he was out of a drive yep 
although we heard a little bit in Spain that he was a little bit miffy about, you know, being to move over and that, he still is like <laughs> any other driver they throw in there is going to be less likely to, you know, want to be malleable and forced into a kind mm. of a, a second driver support act per se. So I think, I'm guessing as long as he knows he's given the chance to win when he gets shown it, which he kind of wasn't Monaco, right? Yeah. Um, then I think from that perspective, he would be, he's, he's going to be fine. You suspect they're going to try to treat him well and they would have... They would have talked through this quite a lot, obviously, you know, if they signed him and they said, but by the way, you've got to jump out the way every time Max is behind yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> then yeah. maybe he'd gone a bit, well, maybe I don't want this. So, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess we'll, we'll stay on the driver chat because there's a few to talk about. The mm-hmm. other one, which if you follow lots of um, F1 YouTubers, you probably would have seen a lot of videos on this week, more mm-hmm. than I've probably ever seen, is on one Mr. Australian, Daniel Ricciardo. Mr. Australian. Everyone, essentially. I love, I love Mr. his Mr. Australian. That's what he's known as now. <laughs> From Perth. <laughs> From Perth. Perth, talking yeah. about Mr. Ricciardo and saying, yeah. A, at this point, he's doing nothing to get his extension beyond, beyond 2023, but mm-hmm. moreover that, is his contract going to get cut short? Um, McLaren, especially in the last two races, started to be very vocal, basically mm-hmm. saying, you know, we would understood the reasons why it took him to get up to speed and everything, and they really, I think they really, really expected him this year to come out guns blazing. They're still notably paying him like a ridiculous amount of money, was, which you've yeah. always known he's gotten a lot yep, of money. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he was on. Um, I think McLaren did a lot of hard work. You know, obviously, yes. I think McLaren wanted Ricardo initially before he went to Renault, I believe. Yes, but because yeah. I think he was more attracted to that that Renault because it was. The better car. He at saw the them time. more on an upward trajectory, and then he jumped yeah. over. Then yes. I know there were yep. some clauses and payouts, and mm-hmm. as we know from Renault, they were apparently paying. I think it was like the second most paid driver, yeah. any driver on the grid behind Hamilton or something ridiculous. It just, right? I mean, it just, it just goes to show how you know how much teams wanted Ricardo at that time, yes. like how good a driver he can be. And he was performing um, at yeah. Renault. He got what was it yeah, two yeah. podiums? I know he got the first one at Germany. I think he got two. One, I think he got yeah. two podiums. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and yes, he did have that win in Monza, but then I feel like that was more just right place, right time. Like when you think about yeah. Gasly's win at Monza again, you think that yes, he was right place, right time, but at least Gasly's done other things since then. Well, Ricardo, mm. that was more, not to the degree of like a Maldonado moment, but similar, right? Like Maldonado had that race, which was amazing. And then that was really it, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I get what on the mean. same-ish, same-ish vein, um, especially in this area of his career. But yeah, I guess a lot of the pressure... It's it's less coming. It's it's not really juniors, but McLaren do have other drivers in their fold that they're very mm. keen to get involved. They have Lando, who's secured almost as much as Leclerc or Max is to their own teams. They see him as the future. He's performing outstandingly well, um, despite you know the fact that we saw where that car started and it was an absolute boat. And yet yep. he's you know they're very quickly moved forward. And you've seen Lando jump up to that, but then. Daniel's still lagging behind and in mm. Spain to see Lando who had tonsillitis being able to fight and keep his position and Ricardo who was fine just going backwards and afterwards having no answers and he was mm. almost just going we'll try figure out why like he was almost hoping the mechanics could come up with an excuse for him because yeah. he couldn't understand it yeah it's like oh boy um so no wonder they're kind of going hey buddy n- not only is this bad for the future but Look, we might just cut this short because um, I alluded to before they've got even a few drivers in the IndyCar program and such, yep. which have been linked to potentially with Andretti, but they do race for McLaren over on their side too. Um, and they have been doing some testing that behind the scenes, and I think Zach Brown's very much going. Look, we'll you know, we have no problem with kind of cutting this short to play around a bit, considering we've got one solid driver here, and we need to ensure our future. So they don't, they they're not just want to go. Oh, we'll just let you know. We'll just play out twenty twenty three. See how it goes. They're very much like, no, no, no. This could be another step forward for us. Mm. We need to make sure we've got two bloody fantastic drivers, and they just yeah. can't get out of um, Ricardo at the moment. So, yeah. Um, so I mean, if if you haven't seen Zach Brown was the one. He's kind of sparked all these rumors with the mm. uh, the comments that he made saying that he hasn't lived up to expectations and that. Uh, in that same conversation, he admitted there were break clauses in his contract, yes. uh, in Ricardo's contract, that means they could, uh, the contract could end before the end of 2023. Correct. From, uh, from what I was reading, there is we don't know the ins and outs of the contract. Obviously, we I don't think we ever will. Um, but they the clauses may have been hinted at the fact that only Ricardo can enact upon the break. Uh, break contract early i think i can't remember who i was uh watching or listening to it might have even been that bbc podcast that uh that you showed me um, yeah where they were talking about um 
how initially, because McLaren wanted Ricardo so much, there's a good chance that the initial contract was heavily in Ricardo's favor in terms of like mm. break clause stuff. So uh, even if they do, even if McLaren do want to get maybe get rid of Ricardo because he's not performing, maybe there it's not really that option in the contract maybe it's ricardo that has to be like okay i have to choose to leave rather than mclaren deciding to kick him out so uh it's again it's hard to know without actually knowing the contract but um yes obviously i think it, it's, it stands to reason that mclaren they've spent so much money and invested already nearly a year and a half in daniel they want to make it work uh but it's it's yeah it's safe to say that time's sort of running out for him um it's he needs to sort of perform particularly with uh mclaren this i think they're fourth in the championship right now but it's very 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 close behind them particularly with uh like alfa romeo and alpine mm. um and both of those like alfa romeo has basically been carried by bottas joe's been uh either a little off the pace or a little unlucky uh in some yep. races uh, and Alfa Romeo sort of struggle with their reliability, but if they can have both drivers up there, there's a very good chance that McLaren uh, could get dropped um, by Alfa. Um, we've got Alpine again. We've got Ocon who's scoring points. Alonso who is super super fast should be very scoring unlucky, points. <laughs> should be getting a lot more. Um, and the, you see, they basically all three teams have effectively one driver scoring the bulk of the points for them. So if one of those three teams can get both drivers scoring the points for them uh, quicker than the other team, uh, then their chances of sort of romping ahead of, of the you know the rest of the midfield, it seems they, they need that. I think they need Daniel to, to sort of start scoring some points, start getting in the mix a lot more often to make sure they stay fourth in the championship. I think that's important for them to stay at the top of that midfield. Because so. on that point as well, you'd almost argue that... Um... Uh, more so for Alpine's side, as you say, it's more of like a mechanical kind of thing they need mm. to work out. It's necessarily a skill thing. And even on Zhao's side, you wouldn't say he's at Bottas's level, but you'd still say he's at a level that compared to the okay. gap between... Yeah. yeah, and especially compared to the gap between Norris and Ricardo, you know, That's it's it. harder yeah. to explain that. Because you can't just say to Ricardo, oh, he's, he's a rookie, he's in his first year. You, you <laughs> yeah. know, he's yeah. getting unlucky, he's not getting that much track time, which, as we said before, Zhao, to his credit, has had some rotten luck when he's trying to... Get used to F1, you know what I mean? And yeah. regarding that, he's, he's, you know, I think the first time I've only ever heard Zhao get angry over the radio, I think, was um was was over the radio um at Monaco because they, he got stuffed over at Quali and he was pissed about yeah. that, understandably. Again, that wasn't really his fault. He was, he was thrown out the last minute and he couldn't make it around. So, yeah, they'd certainly be looking at that. And when, um you know, we talk about upward trajectory and how the teams want to get up there and really McLaren, you know, has kind of said that, yeah, we're the fourth best team and, mm-hmm. um, or thereabouts right on average. And you still kind of see them that top-ish of the midfield. Um, yep. And yet, as we say with this reset and things are closing up and as the year progresses, um, you get less, you know, excuses from the car and you fine-tune your reliability and then... And it's down to the driver the drivers. just to get and that's, the, yeah, yep, yep. And really at Spain, I think that was when we really saw that when everyone was kind of like on a level playing field and mm. he just, yeah. So, um, interesting. We'll, um, yeah, we'll certainly, well, I <laughs> it guess... certainly doesn't help him that now he knows the pressure's on in the public eye and he's getting asked constantly about it. So then mm. it's all he can think about. And then, yeah, well, I mean, I on. guess the, the other question that I had, which you sort of alluded to is like, if let's, let's say, Let's say hypothetically they do find, or like either Daniel leaves or they find a way to to break the contract and they need a driver for next year. Uh, Who are the legitimate options, do you think? Obviously you said you've got the two, the IndyCar drivers, which uh, we'll say Patricio Award, who I think just signed a new IndyCar deal for uh, a few years anyway, but I'm sure there'd be ways around breaking that to get to Formula One. Yes, especially Um, because it's managed by basically (laughs) Zach Brown. Yeah, exactly. He, He... find something uh then you've obviously got your, your colton herter who's been tipped for formula one uh you know being the big american driver to come to formula one he's also an option does he have a is he getting a practice session with McLaren? i think yes yeah, so yes yeah, so i think he's the he will be the i don't know if it's confirmed or suspected he'll be the nominated mm. driver to get the two mandatory practice sessions yes because, um, yeah go on um well i mean there, there was those two drivers but i'm just wondering if there was someone else uh we could talk about like silly season stuff, sort of the the mid year 
break that we have, but I kind of want to get into it a little bit because is there anyone from maybe the F1 field, like currently in F1, that could potentially take that seat? Because I've got a couple of ideas. Yeah, so this kind of leads into another question I was going to raise, Mm -hmm. which is the point that if we look at... I saw a chart post the other day of the drivers that have signed for 2023, because again, even though it's only the start of the year, still essentially in F1 terms, Mm. we're still getting into that contract talk for next year, right? Yep. And at the moment, we have neither AlphaTauri driver signed or Aston Martin driver or Williams driver. So the first Mm. thing I guess you look at is saying, well... Assuming, okay, so if they pull the plug mid-season, you see it unlikely that someone from another team is going to yeah, jump over yep. unless they do like a trade. But then, <laughs> given the terms of getting rid of Ricardo, I don't know if a trade is going to be favorable or if he even wants to be traded yeah. further down the field, right? So assuming this is like an end of year thing, they sign it out, but then they kick him off early. I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, the first guy you look at potentially is a Gasly move to yep. McLaren, right? Yep. That's, um, that's, I had, he was my other option. I mean, we yeah. had him, we had him for years saying that he might move to Alpine and I guess it's kind of, mm. t- t- you know, two fish in the same kettle per se. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. Wow. I don't know. I mean, if Gasly is, is, you know, he's obviously going to be looking for a way out. I just can't see him in that AlphaTauri another year. So I think Because he knows be... then if he's staying there, he'll be lo- that's like he wants to do like a two, three year contract that'll mm. be the next phase, right? Yeah, he's exactly. decide if he's gonna yep. jump somewhere else or whether he does just leave his career out there or mm. just <laughs> assess what's out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So you got you got someone like a Gasly. The other the other and this is sort of a bit of an out there one, but I've got potentially Piastri in that seat. Um, yes, given if, given Alonso yes. has basically come out and said that he sees no reason he won't be here next year, mm. uh, and with Ocon already on contract, um, I it's hard to see. It's getting harder and harder to see Piastri in that Alpine for next year. Yes, um, and I I don't know. I feel like we have to see Piastri somewhere next year, or he's gonna fuck off and do something else. Um, yes, and they lose quite possibly one of the most talented juniors to come through. Um, yep. So maybe that's bias, but I mean, he's obviously got no, pace. No, 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 you but, got a point. Uh, yeah, you know, I think, he's you, very think you, made an, you made a note as well to say that apparently around the British Grand Prix, apparently Alpine are going to yep. Yep. allegedly announce something around that. So obviously they'll be talking about it. And you would assume that Piastri, well, given he's probably got a fair bit of free time, would also be, you know, having some chattering around in the back end. And we know that teams have approached him and such. Mm. So he's keeping a relationship there with a few guys. Um, yep. Totally understandably so. I guess if you really want to go outside, you could look at someone like a, um, I mean, uh, I was going to say Van Dorn. That's not the driver I was thinking of. No offense <laughs> to Van Dorn. But yes, there yeah. he is, teammate in um, I know who you were Formula about. E. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. sorry, Stoffel. Um, you're, uh, you're, you're out for good. Yes. No. Again, maybe Van Dorn at an outside chance of someone like Williams, but he basically burnt his bridges at McLaren, didn't he? So mm-hmm. unless we're talking about there's no drivers in the fold, but there's a lot of drivers in the queue ahead see, of him. See Stoffel, so. see what you could have you see what you could have had if you just just played ball. You could yeah. have you could have had a chance, but no. Anyway. They should bring back they should bring back Mr. Indy five hundred winner Marcus Ericsson. Oh, he's on fire, he's, right? He's Give him well, a second yeah. chance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've seen what fresh, well, what returning players can do in in, um, in Alonso recently yeah. and um an Albon. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Bring him <laughs> That's back. That's your shadow pick. Is this is this <laughs> the new meta? We're just bringing back drivers that have been, uh, you know, that have been driven in like lower yes. class teams that maybe haven't performed. Just bring them back yeah. once they start performing in other series and. They'll bring back yeah. Sato as well to be his teammate. Marino yeah. Sato. We've got it. Marino, a... no. Takuma Sato. <laughs> oh, that's Sato. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So, again, they have... The thing is, is they have options. And while mm. they... As long as they have a Lando, which is smashing out the park, which they are, it's not yep. like they're desperate to kind of get someone to then outperform mm. Lando, right? They can... Yep. You know, they say, well, anyone that does better than Ricardo, which at this point, unfortunately, they say might not be that difficult <laughs> mm. i think i think i think for, for daniel in particular i think it's kind of a good thing that maybe mclaren aren't performing as well as they should be because if they were sort yeah. of up in that top three uh sort of area Still smashing podiums out yeah every if they were race. doing that and daniel was performing you know same the same he is relative to lando then maybe there's more of a like okay we need someone who can consistently get us points right now because we're fighting for we're fighting for wins we're fighting for podiums and you know maybe yep. fighting for championships which is obviously what they want to do um 
I think it's it probably benefits him, probably gives him a little bit more breathing room, a little bit more time. Um, the fact that you know they are outside, uh, you know that sort of that sort of area of getting uh, you know consistent podiums or wins or anything. Yep. So uh, again, we'll have to see. Uh, I don't know. He needs to start performing soon. I think we'll, we'll probably have maybe we'll have a, a, a similar sort of discussion come mid season, see if he's improved and. Uh, I feel like almost races, every yeah. chat we have this format it'll be a case of an mm. you know let's do the two minute check in with Daniel Ricardo. Yeah, how's Daniel doing? <laughs> He's still shit. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll fi- check we'll back in a, a couple of races. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll find a name for the show and we'll make a jingle or something. <laughs> we'll, we'll milk it while it's apparently hot on YouTube with everyone talking about it. <laughs> that's yep. how you get views, right? <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yep. yep. Don't put steal in, our idea. <laughs> put it in the shorts category. You know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, right. I mean. I was going to, I guess we, I was going to talk again. I said a bit about um how we do have three teams where another drivers are signed. So mm. really quickly, I was going to yeah, get yeah. your quick opinions because I want to. Um, Yuki Tsunodu, do you think he's going to get another year? Yeah, I think he'll get another year. All right. How about Sebastian Vettel? That's a loaded one, man. He started um, down in the bog, but then, hey, Q3 in Monaco? Hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah, I think if he can, if Aston can get a hold of whatever problems that they've been having and start getting a car that can maybe consistently get him into the top tens, um, mm. then maybe, but if, if they're, if they're still sitting towards the back by the end of the year, I could genuinely see Vettel, um, I could see Vettel leaving F1. That's what I was going to raise. I was yep. going to say, if like if they just say if we know he's not performing, they say, "Hey, buddy, it's been great, but we mm. want to get someone new in." Okay, we can kind of get that. But I was going to say if he does perform well, but the car is still seven, eight, nine in the championship, mm. what's the likelihood he? But I think we discussed this at the start of the year with our predictions. You know, likelihood yep. that he might say, "Hey, look, this has been fun, but mm. you know, I'm not here to to troll around at the back like like a reckon, and so I'm gonna yeah, <laughs> my I don't know, I want to be more like a Bottas, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's real tough. I think he's in a real tough position. He's sort of getting more to the end of his career. Um, he's obviously super uh, invested in this whole, you know, sustainability things and, uh, you know, the environment and all that. So, you know, he has, yeah. he has other interests outside Formula One. He's obviously talked about how, you know, there's that worry in his mind or that, like, dichotomy in his mind where it's like, I, I love the Formula One racing, but obviously I know how much you know the whole how unsustainable it is at, at the moment um uh in terms of you know the environment so you know, mm. that that sort of conflict that he has um i think possibly could play a part especially if he's not finding that same excitement uh where he can't you know he can't drive the car the way he wants to it's not giving him the performances he wants and um mm. you know i think if that's that's something uh, that could play a really big factor, uh, I think. So, it's a hard one to say for Vettel, but I think there's, there's probably a, it's a, it's about fifty fifty, and I I do think it depends on on where that team's sort of yeah. trajectory is. So, mm. um, I was going to bring up Stroll, but then I guess it doesn't matter what we think uh, because whatever. the powers that be will decide on that. So that's yeah. fine. It is an interesting thought to say if suddenly they decide they want to refresh their Joiner lineup, mm. uh, driver, Joiner, driver lineup, Joiner lineup, drive, driver lineup. What? Who would they grab? I guess they just refresh uh. with someone new. <laughs> that's a. We'll go. I reckon that's a topic for another day. Yeah, no, that's we'll that's that a loaded there. one. Yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> yeah. that one another time. I think. Um, and I guess I was thinking. What about... do you think in the comments or the at, uh, yeah. our, at our Twitter? If you're listening, at or Twitter. Uh, yeah, who do you think? If let's say if if Aston wanted or you know one of these teams wanted a fresh restart, who who could they take? Would they take someone from? Uh, in, could could Aston even bring someone from inside F1? Given how poor their performances have been could they could they lure someone lure someone in um or will they uh will they try and find someone outside f1 or yeah i think it's a great it's sergey sorotkin yeah he's back back. he's back baby (laughs) Uh, yeah let us know who you think i think that's that's a very interesting topic that could nice one uh, yeah yeah. anyway go on 
Um, yeah, and I was thinking a little about Williams too, I guess. But there's 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 so many factors there. I mean, we That's, we yeah. recently had news. We talked about it last time about Latifi apparently getting replaced, but then that was like apparently called down, mm-hmm. and it's almost been replaced by the Daniel talk. But it's not mm-hmm. like Latifi's suddenly out there being a star-studded driver. So we're mm-hmm. almost just like, look, if it happens, it happens. If something comes out as a rumor, then at this point, it, yeah. we're just waiting to see if it does happen. But we're not going to be surprised if it does happen or yep. not. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. I'll I'll, um, I'll put out my two opinions: is that I think. Albon will be there next year, and I think Latifi won't. So that's yeah. I'll, I'll just throw that's, that out. I think that's the safe bet. To yep. be fair, so um, yeah. Anyway, good call. All right, so we'll talk about a few tiny little things, I guess, with the with the FIA. I mean, we everyone's talked about enough. We talked about enough in our Monaco yeah. breakdown. So a few things that came for it. Admittedly, um, yeah, not admittedly, um. One of the main things that came out of it was mm-hmm. Lewis on Instagram basically came out and he was saying that he wasn't happy. The media were kind of using some of his remarks from the weekend mm-hmm. to twist him to almost use him as the, the driver's scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Almost like as one of the quote unquote main drivers that are um basically fed up with the FIA and saying this and that. He did come out afterwards and say, look, in the moment we're all going to, you know, basically yeah. think things and that. Yeah. But he understood looking at it later that there was rain and they were cautious and there was safety concerns and yada, yada. He understood that. But he mm. essentially said, but I also really wasn't happy that the media was immediately like, oh, if Hamilton's unhappy, then, oh, he's still unhappy after Abu Dhabi. And he's yeah, like, there's no story here. Like, it's a reach. Stop this. Yeah, it's a reach. <laughs> Yep. Um, uh, interesting on the FIA side, I did want to say as well. I remember, um, I don't remember where I heard it, but someone made a comment to say it's interesting how, um, as much as some people may like or dislike Michael Massey, one thing he always did is after the race, he would always stay back and talk to the media mm. and talk through his decision-making and where he decided certain things. And so far this year, apparently they haven't had anywhere near that openness after from the FIA. Really? Now they get things in formal okay. statements so they don't get to talk directly with them. Mm. So I thought that was interesting from the perspective of, yes, maybe they're trying to you know refine things up and more talk you know, just through, I guess, the ruling and as an official thing rather than letting, you know, the media have at them and then there's back and forth and he said she said and everything which mm. I guess is part of some of the fuss with Massey last year but notably a few of the drivers and teams and especially the media were kind of saying that actually kind of was nice because at least Massey was totally open and if he kind of you know was a bit on the fence or something he would come out and say it and be open with that so mm. there wasn't almost this confusion which I guess we had a bit of that in, in Monaco where even after the race we were kind of like yeah but they said this but that didn't make sense with that but we're mm. not really going to be able to clarify it so we just move on right yeah it seems like <laughs> um, whatever the FAA obviously they're, they're trying to make steps to improve their clarity uh, it shows that yeah. they're obviously not there yet uh, it, it's, there's still a lot of work to be done um, yep. on, on their side I think even uh, like the F1 group in general has just come out and said they need the, the FI they need to be better um, yes. because it's just a bit they're, t- they're too, in, taking too long to make decisions they're you know the, the ambiguity of decisions is still a bit it's it's still kind of there um, yes. there's no it doesn't seem like the conversation again like you said there's there's no real uh, conversations that happen between the FIA and, and F1 in regards to decisions made and and why they did it and um, yes yep. how they're going to improve for the future and things like this. But uh, it, it just seems like there just needs to be better cohesion and better communication to to make this better. But um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's obviously still not there. Um, mm-hmm, <laughs> and yeah, I think Monaco showed us that uh, just the extent of how not there it is. But uh, yes, and we'll see. Getting yeah. it, like I don't even think we got a single answer on this whole blue flag thing and no yeah from our was... point of view we can see it was almost pretty clear cut but then mm. you almost just it's almost like the FA are like well we have reasons we didn't bring it up so don't worry about it we're like oh well, okay, okay what are the reasons okay though? yes yeah you almost saw like you know the the stewards would say hey we're not going to um we're not going to investigate this so you go oh well then i guess it wasn't an issue but i don't really know why it wasn't an issue As yeah, we exactly. say back then yeah. apparently they had some room to be able to ask that and figure that out but maybe they're just saying no look we just need to have a full cover all because then she say he said she said or someone mm. says it wrong or goes like I I didn't mean that and then yeah. well, well I yeah but at the same time I feel like that's wasn't that the whole the, the changing of the the rules for this year or the like clarifying yes. of the rules is to try and make it a little more uh, rather than have all these gray areas all these these rules that sort of uh, con- conflict with each other like wasn't the whole yes. rewriting of that to try and make that a bit more clear so that way you could communicate it with us and be, and we can be like okay we can point to this rule like this is why we did the thing that we did. And you can be like, okay, that makes sense. But if they can't even do that 
now than that is you know or if they're choosing not to for whatever reason there's still some issues yes they still need to figure something out because it's yeah yep. yeah it's just getting a bit frustrating now so yep anyway we'll see um and i guess on that topic in i think we're still we, we heard more of it in miami which i think we touched on um mm-hmm. last podcast or last chatter was safety in general still seems to be a little questionable and yes the FIA were kind of using safety as a cover blanket for some of the strange proceedings at Monaco but then Mm. it almost seems a case of where one weekend they seem to be not safe enough and the next weekend they're kind of like oh no we're doing everything to be extra safe yeah um it was ironic I actually saw a a clip from Rosberg talking about Baku and he said it's actually one of the scariest places in terms of where you could have a theoretical accident Mm. because he showed that as you're coming down that front straight actually as the pit lane opens up to the left there's a section of the wall which almost comes at you at an almost like 180 degree kind of angle to you going straight. Mm. He said there's a world where you could have a failure as two drivers did last year in Stroll yep. Japan and spin into that and almost smack that wall side on at like 300 kilometers an hour. And he was saying how they apparently used to always raise it, but they kind of brushed it off. And I didn't even think about that. So again, it's always the case of saying, surely if Rosberg's saying it used to come up, it's <laughs> probably going to come up again. And yep. yet all over Monaco, they were kind of like, safety, safety, safety. So yeah. it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's all in the same kind of pot here so we're still you know <laughs> yes we have massey gone and that's fine i guess in terms of some people you know mm. have relief that he's not the one making shots but then that's <laughs> as we said back then it's all good if he's well and gone but is anything actually gonna really exactly change? change yeah 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 or is, or is he just, just a scapegoat like i i think yes i pre- i well, not predicted but i posed that question back at the i think the abu dhabi yeah or the one of the something one of the videos early on i'm just like the myriad ah, videos yeah. we put out of that time so um yeah like whether or not he's just a scapegoat or whether or not they're actually com- committed to making change and it just seems like the the inconsistencies of the decisions right now it shows that uh, you know there are some things they have fixed some things that are a little bit better but it's yeah it's nowhere near where it needs to be um and yeah the the safety concerns in particular it's like the it's it's full-on safety for some situations but then brush it off for others like for some reason any sort of weather like if it's rain it's like oh no they're no safety have to have to have to be safe but when it comes to like these barriers without you know these these metal barriers it's like Ah, oh, just don't hit the barrier. And it's like, well, yeah. well. Mm. <laughs> and then finally someone does and they go, oh, we'll change it. And you're yeah. like, huh? Well, you're only changing it. You're reacting rather than like, being proactive. Yeah. <laughs> if you have an accident there and it's pretty bad, but they go, we know it could have been pretty bad, but we accepted that risk. Okay. But then it's like they change it when there's an accident. You're like, well, why the bloody hell was a decision mm. made in the first place? Exactly. You don't go, let's make the whole track metal. And then we'll walk around and maybe pick a few because we <laughs> go, ah, that could be nasty. It's like, no, yeah. they would pick every single barrier thing they put around the place. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> extension of Miami and all that. Yeah. Um. Uh, anyway, we'll see next time we chat. May- hopefully, we don't have to bring it up for the fiftieth time. Uh, we but will. Undoubtedly, something at Baku will happen. Something at Probably. future races will happen. <laughs> Almost certainly. Um, it's getting tiring at this point. <laughs> oh, it is unfortunately, but that's all part. That's of the Formula fun, One, baby. Yep. No, it's, it's all, all fucking politics. Anyway. Um. So I guess another smaller point to move on is um one of the other things that's been talked about is F1 moving wanting to move to what they're calling regionalized races mm. in 2023, and that's especially come up in conversation for Monaco because as of the end of this year, Monaco don't actually have a contract going forward. They've enjoyed what you'd call, I guess, a, a luxury in the past, so they've been able to have a slightly different weekend where they run on Thursday instead of the Friday, and they allegedly have to pay less fees, um, and they get some other kind of benefits. They get to use their own um, camera crew and TV kind of compound and direction, which, I mean, as we saw from last weekend, again, kind of showed that, can we not do that anymore? Because that was garbage for another year in a row. uh, Um, They're so bad there. It's always Monaco. Just (laughs) let someone else take control. I I think even the the, the Monaco, like the head of the Monaco GP has basically come out with them fighting words and basically said they... They've called out uh, all the other European tracks that have surrendered all these these rights to the Formula One and basically said, you know, these tracks are basically, you know, they're giving away all these, and Monaco won't do that. And so yes. uh, it's yeah, it's it's a real back and forth at the moment. Um, I don't know. Yep. Mon- Monaco's, I think, on a knife edge for staying on the calendar at the moment. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess I was going to ask you do you do you think it's staying? And if it does stay, I guess it will. 
you'll have to move right because i think they're wanting to do more of a north american stint earlier in the season because i believe mm. they're saying they're not moving miami so they want to do the other tracks around there at that time of year yeah so therefore they'll be looking to move monaco more towards the european leg if i'm correct yeah well it makes sense um, i mean you've got the, the tracks that you've got at the moment where we're actually moving into uh into one at the moment where we've got a double header which is baku and then they go straight to canada literally for the next weekend um yes. so canada obviously could be moved to where miami is um, they say, you know, a, a lot of it comes down to the fact that, you know, Canada's quite cold. So there's certain parts of the year where they, it's not, it's not really feasible to, to drive there. Like they couldn't yes. going, going there in winter seems like a really terrible idea. Um, given how cold it can be. So there are plenty of tracks that almost yearly we see snow. So mm. we know that, you know, it's not like here in Melbourne where you are, you could race here anytime. I just be mm. a bit wet or cold. It's a case exactly. of yeah. some tracks. Yep. snow. there's a decent chance it's going to snow and then mm -hmm. you're stuffed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but you know, there's the idea that, you know, Baku could be grouped with, you know, your, your Shanghai's, uh, like your Chinese Grand Prix and your Japanese Grand Prix. Yes. Uh, Australia, obviously, while it wasn't on the back of a double header, um, it's still sort of not with everything else as well. Like they come yes. here for Australia and then they go somewhere else. Um, that could pop I think it was potentially. Emily they went to right. It was Emily, yeah. Colossal yeah. journey. Yeah, yeah. they went. Yeah, Bar Bahrain journey. Bahrain, Saudi, Australia, and then Imola. So it's like yeah. it's sort of you know if they can have that with maybe like your Singapore or again same with the the, the China Singapore and Japan, Japan and that yeah. and that's yeah far less distance yeah that could work. Um, but yeah, like like I say, you know, Miami linked with with your Canadas and and, and whatnot. Um, and yep. then obviously you got your. Uh, I don't know what they're gonna do with Vegas now that they've got Vegas as well. That could be an interesting. Yeah, one. I don't know if they're doing like three back to backs. If mm. they're kind of doing like as a middle leg thing, but again, they're they're just trying to understandably, I guess. Their part, they want to move to regionalize races, both to help with the, the general costs of F1 as they have you yep. know, been trying to for a while with travel. Um, and this is part of kind of their sustainability movement as well. So they yep. have less flying yep. around, less moving cargo and crate and people and everything. Mm. So it's both a kind of a bit of uh, a double whammy there. Um, yep. Unless you had something else you wanted to mention on that whole whole calendar thing. Um, uh, yeah, not really. The other note that you, I think you sent me as well. Um... Oh yeah, this was a sort of a relatively new one, but yeah, the, yeah. there's, there's, uh, it's only a rumor. I haven't seen anything else on this, but there's a rumor that talks have sort of begun to, to increase the F1 season. At the moment, they've got uh, a cap of 24 races that can happen in an F1 season. Um, but there's rumors talks have begun to increase the cap to 25 races from next year onwards. Um, and it's... It's kind of, I mean, it, it, it's kind of easy to see why. Uh, I don't know if team, I guess if they're looking to move towards these regionalized races, maybe it makes it a little easier on the teams to be like, okay, we can introduce this extra race, but it doesn't, yes. it, it's, it doesn't really affect us because we're doing less travel or maybe even the same amount of travel. Um, yeah. But we're getting an extra race out of it as well, uh, ideally. But at the moment, they currently have, I think, if we take all the tracks that are currently on the calendar plus the ones that are coming in, uh, we already have 25 races. But that, that's including, you know, your Monaco's and the ones that are sort of in doubt. But we've got yep. we've currently got 22 um, for this year. They're not replacing Russia. That was the other announcement that came out. They're not replacing Russia for this yes, year. At this stage, yeah. um, so we're not getting the 23. We're only getting the 22. But if we take all the tracks we had this year and then we're going to China, we're going back to Qatar and we're going to Las Vegas for next year that's 25 so if we only have 24 for this year then at least one of these races is going to disappear um, mm. maybe they're just like okay if we have 25 then we can just stick with the 25 that we have and then work out you know obviously that they're, they're in talks with uh, getting back to South Africa and potentially the second race in China and things like that but this yep. gives them if they can get the 25 races for next year that gives them at least a little bit of breathing room to be like okay we can just we can stay with the 25 that we have for next year and then for 2024 we can sort of work out uh, you know which ones are going to be replacing which and, and go from there but yep. um, I don't know uh, I don't know if teams are going to be happy about that, <laughs> but we'll have to see. It, again, it's very, mm. it's all rumors right now, but uh, I do think the the track talk is going to ramp up, particularly come towards the end of the year. Uh, I think we'll, we'll probably see a big surprise in potentially some uh, so, some contracts uh, not coming through for for certain races yeah, that we yeah, expect. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Yeah.
That's all I have. Um, no, that's all good. Um, I, I, the element of that, which I was going to link to another point, which is the cost element. Um, mm. We're hearing more and more from a lot of the top teams, basically saying that, look, I don't understand how at the end of the year that we're going to be able to keep up. You know, they're either saying this rate of development, but then also stay under the cost cap or even mm. just staying as we are under the cost cap. This is less from, you're hearing it less from teams like Haas who seem happy, even though admittedly really? they have, you know, a driver that's kind of spending all their money on parts. Okay, <laughs> and yet yeah. they've already come out and said, it's all faff what the big teams are talking about. Big surprise, so, the smaller teams are okay with it and the bigger teams was, are yeah, not so okay with it. The point is, Ooh. yes, we've heard this a lot. Yeah. It was the small teams that really pushed for this. And I mean, course, it yeah. kind of... I don't even know if they would have gone down this route if it wasn't for F1 almost seeing COVID and kind of going, no, we mm. need to do this because then otherwise the divide from the small and big teams is going to be so big that half the grid is going to bloody leave because they're going to go, there's no bloody point being 10 seconds off the pace every yeah. <laughs> every lap or whatever, or you know, being able to snipe all their staff because they can pay them more, et cetera, yep. et cetera. Yep, yep. Um, so... I, I, I think I heard similar comments over the weekend that no one's really sure what the penalties are if yeah, you breach yep. your cost cap or what that is. Like I when think... you say, by the way, we're spending 100000 more on our engine, what's the penalty? And they go, uh, uh, it could be <laughs> disqualified. So I, oh. I've, I've, got, yeah, I've, I've got a little bit of information. This is, I think Mate- yep. it was Mattia Bonotto came out and he had, um, he had some comments to say about it. But uh, yes. there's a 5% tolerance um, over the, the $140 million cost caps so five percent over that uh are called minor breaches and they can include uh a range of the this is all it says is it, it can include a public reprimand uh, a loss of constructor or driver's points suspensions from events or a reduction in aero testing or a reduction in future cost cap limits so it could be any one of those things but they don't specify yes. what what breach will get what penalty? Or what specific so, act? Yeah, exactly. I yeah. guess if you th- if you think about it in real terms, let's say someone has a string of I don't know five races near the end of the year where they keep getting taken out by other people, and they say, "Look, we just need extra money for extra parts." They go, mm. "Okay, maybe there's like a you know potentially like you, you lose yeah. some points or something." I don't know, right? Um, mm. But in the case if they sp- you know overspend on their development area, well, they say, "Well, no, you get you're getting less. You're not just getting that time taken from your next year's budget, but even less than that's so like a bigger." Than mm. just a slab on the wrist, right? Yep, so I yep. imagine because it's so complicated, and they probably have, you know, uh, they 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 would have had to have figured this out in detail before they proposed it. So you imagine you some behind so. the scenes there, they're gonna do. Um, <laughs> I was about to say you'd imagine because of the amount of backlash that they get on other decisions on on penalties and that they don't seem yeah. to be backed up. But then I'd actually say, well, actually, no, I don't have any faith that whatever they come out with, everyone no. would be happy with anyway. Especially if it's behind this. Uh, especially if it's not. Um, public what mm. those ramifications are and what causes them um you wonder if all the big teams are kind of just constantly pushing on it even though they're not really on the limit to try and just get something back right yeah. i mean there's a tight development war up top we've seen a lot of teams bring a lot of developments and others kind of already start to question each other and go oh yeah how is he doing this and oh yeah, we want to look into the spending on that mm-hmm. um but as you say most of the minor teams are kind of like hey we're actually able to spend a bit more than in the past so this is just yeah, normal c- cost for us yeah, this is awesome um we can see so, Alpha Tauri winning races at the end of the year when yeah, uh, exactly. when uh, Ferrari and Red Bull are bloody they've been suspended for a race because they both breached, yes. <laughs> breached the cap. Um, but yeah, exactly. I mean it's it's both yeah both Christian Horner and Mattia Bonotto have come out and said yep. that I think Christian Horner suggested that teams might have to I don't know it seems dramatic but they might even have to miss races. Uh, in order to not breach the cap. Yes, it's a classic um, Christian drama comment, but, isn't it? Let's but also, <laughs> like, Bernardo came out and said, and if it remains, even if it remains at the current level it is, then teams, well, like, their team in particular will have no option but to breach it. So, um, and I kind of, I trust what what Mattia says a little bit more than what Christian says in the media, yes. generally. So, um it it does seem that maybe those top teams are going to struggle a little bit with that uh, with that cost cap. It'll be real interesting to see what happens in those those last few races for sure. Yeah. So again, it's not like like it, these are like still multi million dollar companies that have amazing strategists and finance guys and all that. Right. Mm. It's not like that they've sprung this in the last minute and they're struggling to to make it adapt. They signed on this ages ago. They even had an extra was an extra year really to focus on the new car which would have taken all their new budget away so they've actually been given a much easier course of action mm. with this cost cap than they would have previously yep. and yet yeah they're immediately coming out you know 
yeah, handful of races in and kind of going, hey, we're not going to make it. And you're like, well, you knew about that at the start of the yep. year. So I like, why didn't you raise it when you were, <laughs> exactly. presumably when they were signing the dotted line on the paper to say, we agree at that point, they would have done some sort of, you know, yeah, cost that's... model and gone, yeah, okay. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the biggest thing is like, you know, they, every, every team agreed to this. I think it was a unanimous yes. agreement in the end. They, all teams agreed to it. Uh, you cannot, push for an increase now because you already agreed to it and unless every single team agrees to an increase which by the sounds of it they're not going to uh then you shit out of luck uh stay under the cost cap or you know breach it and see what happens Uh, exactly i think that's 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 it um but yeah like i said if they if they are being truthful that they might have to breach it then i said it could make for a uh a real intriguing last few races if if Red Bull and Ferrari stay as close as they have been. Uh, it's gonna be um, yeah. it's gonna be Abu Dhabi all over again. They'll oh be boy. tied on the championship, and they'll go, "Oh, you spent over." So for every million spent over, it's Ferrari two gets disqualified <laughs> from the championship again. Oh, they just get disqualified. Oh. I was even thinking like they lose, they lose by a point because they overspent oh, like twenty yeah. bucks on the yep. sheets, and that twenty bucks is worth a point or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, some arbitrary <laughs> amount, and then we're yeah, exactly we're back all over again. Oh. Don't even, yep. don't even joke about that. Um, no, well, it's, it's uh, fun too. Um, I'll leave the floor <laughs> open to you if there's anything you wanted to mention. I guess I covered everything that I, in my in my look around this week, wanted to cover. Mm. I mean, that, that pretty much the only other thing. It's it's more related to, um, I guess, the races that we've we sort of had uh, the last couple. Yep. Obviously, we haven't talked about um, uh, so much about like the Spanish or Monaco Grand Prix, but um, I think. Hmm. I'm I'm just wondering if I talked about this in the in the Monaco uh breakdown. But uh, I wanted to talk about uh reliability issues and how we saw them a lot with Red Bull at the start of the season. We were worried that, you know, maybe that'll hinder them uh come this season, but we've now seen it very much swing uh reliability issues to the Ferrari uh in terms of the power unit, I should I should mention. Um I'm just, I, I kind of wanted to pose the question whether or not uh, we think reliability will play a massive part in this championship battle at the back end of the season, or do we think they'll mm. get on top of it? Because obviously we've seen, you know, Red Bull, the, the first two or three races, it was pretty obvious to see uh, their power unit had some some kind of issue with the fuel. Uh, it seems like they've gotten on, on top of it uh, more recently, but now we've seen the Ferrari power unit uh, mainly in the uh like the the minor te- or the customer teams rather in in the Alfa mm-hmm, Romeo mm-hmm. when the uh the Haas um both Bottas and uh Mick got MGUK failures in Monaco um we had uh Bottas had a power unit failure in Spain practice so Clerk had an MGUH and turbo failure in Spain uh obviously costing him the race uh yep. it's a lot of a lot of power unit failures in two races um I just wonder if it's going if that's what's going to decide a championship at the back end uh, is these power unit failures and the penalties they'll probably have to take uh, for taking new parts and that um, was the point I was going to raise. I mm. wonder if it's less the actual failures themselves because I mean the, the comments early on seemed to be that Red Bull, I think it was, um, I think because the Alpha Tari cars very quickly had to switch to the third of some of their parts quite early on, mm. and there was, they were kind of saying, well, that's related to the failures. But then looking at it now, Max was still on the first of most of his parts at Monaco, and Ferrari oh. kind of had to start using some extra parts. Um, it was ironic considering we at the start of the year, I guess related to this, is we were saying how good the Renault looked, and yet already Alonso's on the fourth of his, some of his parts for that. Yeah, so that's well. come around again. It's kind of snuck under the rug. Yeah. Um, so I, I reckon I reckon it's probably going to balance out in terms of reliability failures. I think we mm. kind of saw Red Bull have a spiel and then Fry have a spiel, but I reckon my coins are in that going forward. It might even out a bit more to be more kind of regular and expected across the board rather than any kind of one type yeah. of power unit spiking. Sure. But I do think everyone will then later in the year, as we saw last year, have to strategically start taking those penalties. And to be honest, I don't actually mind that aspect of the sport because it kind of adds in a whole other dimension when you mm. think about certain tracks like Mexico and that. And do you take something? Do you not? How do you qualify? Do you take it before qualifying, after well, qualifying? Hamilton at... Um, I know his was... Uh, Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. I know that wasn't uh, like a... Pa- did he take a power unit? I think he did. He took the new one. That's Yes. Because uh, he had the... Uh, 
um was it the the, the wing thing uh, the penalty thing yes yeah, yeah, so he took it so anyway took it so they anyway. could have a fresh yep. engine yeah, for the rest exactly. of the year which and, turned know. out to play a pivotal role in it exactly and just yeah. saying, whether you argue or not whether that should be an element of the sport is a whole different question mm. but I don't mind that so I think it looking at this it seems fairly balanced across the board so I reckon yeah. um I don't think any one team will suddenly fall away than any of the others I think we've had a really good mix of races so far in terms of low speed high speed cold hot to kind of figure out everyone's working window and yes maybe when the championship heats up they'll be pushing an extra we might start seeing burnouts again mm-hmm. um that's my opinion anyway what did um what do you think uh yeah i think yeah i, I don't even know uh that's the thing like i said i feel like <laughs> i mean te- teams have already basically come out and said and this was i think weekends ago like this is really really early and and teams are basically already admitting that it's like yeah no we're gonna have to take more than three of parts like um, yes. You know, it's again, you saw that again even last year. You know, some teams have taken four, five, sometimes even six different parts. Yep. Um, and particularly with the fact that, you know, these power units are a little more with the um, the ethanol that's been added. You know, the fuel mix is a little bit different. It's a little bit more volatile. Of course, yep. Um, you know, they've... It's probably... They, you know, teams are going to have to take more parts. It just stands to reason. Um, I don't... I'm sort of on the fence whether or not it's a good thing. Like you say, it is. I think it does make for exciting racing, but I think it, if it gets to the point where literally every single team and every single driver is having to take, uh, you know, new parts for for everything because of reliability, uh, I think that's. It kind of it it kind of becomes a moot point. It's like okay, every team has to do it now. It's just more about how you know, how little of these extra parts and how little penalties you can take rather than... And it's more luck of the draw whether it actually affects you or not, so... Yeah, there's a lot of that, you know. Sometimes you can have, uh, you know, power units completely destroyed by no fault of your own as well. And, you know, I think that's been a point... That's a a point that's been raised by drivers um, since the... uh, Not even last year. I think the previous year, uh, you know, drivers have been... Uh, complaining of that is like, well, what what happens if it's not even our fault? If it's another driver's fault, do we get a reprieve on that? It's like, no, yes. no, they don't. It's just that's it. Yeah, there goes a power unit, and now you've stuck with two for the rest of the yeah. year or face a penalty. So, and it, I guess I was more uh, uh, before. I didn't I didn't word it that well. I was I was adding on also mm. um, if. Like, it's worked out kind of fable in the past that it has kind of made the championship more mm. exciting, but if we go to the final race and you realise someone needs to take a part so that the, the title favourite one is starting on pole, the other guy's starting in the back, you'd go, well, bloody yeah. hell, that just ruined a nice fight, didn't yep. it? So it's almost like it's a bit a of luck in how that yeah. works. Yeah. Yep, for sure. <laughs> you almost think whether you have it or not might not change mm. anything. It could, you know, add equal parts, good or bad. It's the same risk either side. Exactly. So that's, that's kind of my issue with it. But again, you know, then you get... Then you get races like Brazil and you see someone like, you know, Hamilton starting at the back and just absolutely yeah. romping through the field, particularly in that in that sprint race. Um it's it Both was... a good show for that, and as we said, then him having the fresh power unit actually yeah. could've altered the, the, whole it, of the it rest adds of the it races, almost so. adds more strategy into it. Like uh, yeah, yeah. so and you know, more strategy is always always fun. That's what we look for in Formula One. So yeah, it's true, and that's what I kind of like. That's what I don't mind about some like quote unquote gimmicky aspects. Like Rallycross has the Joker lap, which I've always liked, yep. and Formula e has their own kind of thing with the attack mode. And even when they had to mm-hmm. do the switch cars thing, I didn't mind that because yes, you're kind of just seeing it of like extra elements for the sake of it. But then it does mean that because often there's no one way to do it that you just add other yep. things. And yes, it isn't just you know car A, car B on track fighting side by side. Or, you know, it adds mm-hmm. another the less just strict, you know, burning rubber and gas mm. and hard racing kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, well, that's, know, that's what we why like. Don't, why, why don't we just get them all to do drag racing? Because then yeah. take out all the corners, then it's just who goes fastest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, that's just that, drag races. <laughs> that's why we like the tyre strategies when it's like, is it a yes. two-stop or is it a three-stop or one or two, you know, if, if it's Because when you have so the one, close, you almost yeah. say there's no point having a one-stop, just have a no-stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any bloody it's, difference. Yeah, because everyone pits more or less the same time, you know. Oh, they yes. Sh- and then it's like, okay, Because cool. the deg is never high enough where undercut yeah. really matters because if they're doing a one-stop, so then you go, oh, it's an undercut, yeah, mm. but they're kind of just stopping because they have to use both tyres and there's just some crossover point where they start losing a tenth of a second more and then that's it. It's yep. done by math, it's done. But yep, that's it. when you got two, three V stop and like, like that's what I think was so great about Spain and that strategy, mm. perfect, perfect example there. Exactly, so, yeah. Yep, so. I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's all the notes that I had. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you had anything else, but... 
Um, no, I think that was that was what I had. Um, yeah, we yeah, got uh, for now. Baku double header of Baku Canada coming up to of two of my favorite tracks uh, actually. So should be, be yeah gonna good, be real good, good. but uh yes yeah, we haven't been to canada for a while as well right no COVID, they were yeah, not yeah. having the race Same yeah so it would have been, so been 2019 2019 would have been the last one so was that when we had the Vettel fiasco i think it was oh was man i my memory that's why i remember about canada was the Vettel <laughs> fiasco so see if we get some more of that canada always throws up something good whether it's a late race carnage or rain mm-hmm. or whatnot always so many stories in every top 10 video you see canada always will be canada. in it regardless of what the topic is it's on a rookie canada's in it yep <laughs> it's yeah. on anything canada's on it yeah <laughs> i love canada i'm looking forward to that one in particular but uh yes yeah no that's it that's all i got no, all good. Um, so to say, if you're on our Spotify, make sure that you hit follow to make sure that our content pops up in your feed. And as we said before, our podcast episodes do pop up a few days early on Audacity. Um, on Audacity. Audacity. <laughs> on so- wow, that's a that's a new feature <laughs> that I don't. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> on um, it's been a long week. On yeah. um, pop up on Spotify. So make sure you're following. Make sure you're following us on Spotify so you get our content in our feed. Um, or subscribe if you're on YouTube if you're listening to us there so you get all the content there. Also, you can check out our, our um, Twitter as well and you can um, hashtag us there or add us there or whatever you want to get in touch. If you have an, uh, any other means to get in touch with us, by all means, go for it. And any questions you've got, we'll be happy to discuss in any of our future uh, future chats that we put together. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, but we'll be back, I guess, after this with our preview of the Baku Grand Prix. Yep. Yeah, it should be coming out. If you listen on Spotify, it'll be out tomorrow. Uh, if you're on... No, not tomorrow. We're recording tomorrow. It'll be out... Yes. Hey, never Thursday, know. Friday-ish. So, yeah, it'll be coming Before out. Before the race. Coming, coming out in a few days. Uh, yep. Like you said, long week. Who knows? Um, yes. Yeah, so recording that one tomorrow. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, it'll be the uh, couple of days after this one. So, yep. yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, it was a good chat. Yeah, all good. Um, all right, take care, all. Thanks for listening. And, Thank you uh, very much. Yeah, catch you around. Goodbye. <laughs>